Hello, and welcome to Caverns and Krakens, an almost family-friendly D&D real play podcast. I'm your Dungeon Master, Ethan Despain, and these are our players. Bo Wright as Momo Walker, the polar bugbear, who's a hexblade warlock with a demon patron named Frank who only Momo can hear. He's currently pretending to be a bard. Caden Haywood as Scar, the Leonin Paladin, who is now very interested in investing in the designer handbag business. I'm Cody Sarine playing as Mr. Pickles, who is a barbarian half-orc who is really depressed because his best friend Todd the Sheep died. No. Yeah. Todd the Sheep. It's really sad, guys. When did this happen? A long time ago. <laughs> Moment of silence for Todd. So I did some mining off screen. We're terrible at moments of silence. <laughs> <laughs> if we're doing fun facts, Momo and Frank have been going to couples therapy. Nice. <laughs> Leslie Colton as Ekinem Umut, a dragonborn monk that's non-binary, non-breakable, and non-partisan. They hate all politicians equally. Nice. That was really good. Very nice. We'll try to keep things T for teen, but there will be violence. Other applicable content information can be found in the episode description. <laughs> Last episode, you guys figured out some stuff. You guys went through the strait. The wizards took your weapons and your ship, and you guys got teleported to Waterdeep. That's where you guys are now in this little bubble. I just realized I missed the chance to fight the devil for its fiddle. Oh, oh you will you will have a chance again, don't you worry. Oh. <laughs> so you guys are still in this entrance gate bubble. It's about 30 feet in diameter. In one side, there is a hallway, a water corridor that leads straight in front of you. You have just met Lily, and that's where you guys are now. Like SeaWorld. Yeah, like SeaWorld with the sharks. One time I skid my knees really bad in SeaWorld when I was like six. Oh. That's really unfortunate. I'm getting flashbacks. Dude, skin knees are the worst. I always had skin knees as a kid. Same. Bugbears don't really skin their knees much because we got all the hair over the knees. I have hair too, but I still get skin knees. What is your secret? <laughs> well, you see, you have short lion hair and I have long bugbear hair. Have you ever tried growing out your hair? Is that a thing you can do? I've never cut my hair. You've never got a haircut? <laughs> you see this mane I have? Lily, yeah. while we're talking about hair, you just have such voluminous hair. What condition are you using? Lionel. Oh, oh <laughs> thank you. My favorite brand. Lily, I think we're going to get along really well. That's great. <laughs> Not in a romantic way, but... Oh, yes, of course. That's against company policy. I can't do that, actually. Of course. I respect company policies very much. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Uh, so what brings you guys to Waterdeep today? Actually, I'm a bard and I can talk to animals and my dog, he just really wanted to see Waterdeep. Oh, okay. That's what he told me. Yeah. Anything in particular? Any like sights to see? No, we're all here because of this dog. I used <laughs> beast speech to talk to the Kraken in dog form. Uh, Jimbo, where are we going, mate? Oh, thank you. We need to see the wizard. That's, that's pretty much all I've got. What's the wizard's name again, Jimbo? I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of information. I've just been getting these visions. I'm pretty sure there's more than one wizard in Waterdeep, Jimbo. Uh, you're probably right. Um, excuse me, are there any famous wizards here? Oh, um, the Magi? Wait, did she hear that, like, really intelligent one-sided conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say yes, she did. <laughs> you guys are probably talking about the Magi, and yes, I can take you there. Oh, 
Lily, you are the best. Thank you. Five stars, please. Yes, I will be rating you five stars. I don't rate anyone. <laughs> Lily's like a tour guide type person. She's going to take you to where the Magi are. You guys are going to just walk along this tunnel for now. Do you have any questions before you actually see the city? How big's the city? It's pretty large, and it's grown a lot in the last decade or so. It's definitely one of the bigger cities in Faerun. On a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you that the magic will fail and you'll all be crushed to death by the pressure of the water? Zero, of course. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. Good for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> how deep are we again? Uh, you know, several. The deepest, right? Several. Several. <laughs> several deep. <laughs> several. Several, several, deep. I'm deep. Good for you. <laughs> I'm happy for you. So as you guys are walking through this tunnel, you see that it opens up and in front of you is like a sprawling renaissance city with canals crisscrossing it. But these aren't like river canals. These are floor to ceiling walls of water that have tunnels in them for people to walk through. So it's a massive, massive bubble with water kind of crisscrossing it. Waterdeep has become an amphibious city where air breathers and water breathers can all interact. So you see Locanth with these tanks on their heads, just like SpongeBob when he goes into Sandy's dome. <laughs> yes. Who are the Magi? Great question. The Magi are our benevolent rulers. About 15 years ago, they approached the Lords of Waterdeep with warning of an impending disaster. So the Magi actually warned the whole city of the flood. They were able to set up defenses so that when the flood arrived, Everyone was fine, and our city stayed pristine. How did they know about the flood? They're wizards. Divination wizards, so they can, like, see the future and that kind of thing, which is very helpful. After voting, they became our political rulers. Ekanem's eye twitches at the phrase <laughs> political rulers. <laughs> the neat thing about the Magi is they can split their focus a bunch of times while still giving 100% of their attention on that conversation. So they're able to interact personally with every citizen of Waterdeep, which makes for a really great place to live. So you guys are walking and talking. Whoa, it's like Atlantis, but better. You've seen Atlantis, Mr. Pickles? Yeah, there's this really cool ride back where I'm from. Basically, it's like Atlantis, but it's a water park. I don't know what a ride or a water park is, but that sounds sick. You should really try it sometime, Scar. Okay. I don't know what Atlantis is. Just take my word for it. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys enter the front gates of the castle, and you see just everyone is here. There's commoners, business people, rich people. All walks of life are here in the castle. It's almost like a museum or like a hotel. You walk in and there's a front desk with some attendants. And then behind the desk, there's just a row of doors stretching off in either direction. Lily stops at the entrance and says, OK, just go right on in, talk to the front desk, and they'll get you a room where you can talk to the Magi. Enjoy your stay. If you need any other information, there are help kiosks just scattered throughout and you can reach any of us. Have a nice day. I tap five stars in the hologram. <laughs> that has appeared. Ekinem ignores the hologram. Ekinem, she depends on that. <laughs> what do I care? Ekinem's angry about having to talk to politicians. They say to Momo, hey, can you talk to Jimbo again? Uh, yeah. Are these politicians to be trusted? They seem really suspect. Like, did they cause the flood? All right, Jimbo. Ekinem would like to know. Uh... Yeah, I understood. Because I can understand things now, I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> Jimbo is omnipresent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am no omniscient. Honestly, I don't really know. I can't really tell you much. I don't know them. I only have had these visions, and I know that I need to come here, and I need to talk to them. 
Um, Ekinem, Jimbo said that you have nothing to worry about and uh, everything is going to be fine and uh, please stop grabbing my hands with your sweaty palms. <laughs> Ekinem backs away aggressively <laughs> and wants to roll, do I believe Momo? Roll deception because that's not what he said and you can roll insight. <laughs> Four plus three, seven. Okay. It's a low bar, Momo. Finally, Momo beats Ekinem in a, in a roll-off. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, yeah. That was a 19. Plus five? Plus or, five. Okay. Yeah, 20. you very believe him. It's very comforting what he said to you. Uh, I'll go along with this, but only because you talk to Squiggles, and I trust Squiggles with my life. Squiggles smiles at you. I don't. He's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually a dog. Can you... I'm a Kraken. Well, you can still talk to us. No, he can't. No, I can't. Oh, right. Only in Kraken. Only in Kraken form can he use the telepathy, but he can bark at Momo. <laughs> Scott, Jimbo would like to make it very clear that he is not, in fact, a dog. Wait. He's a Kraken? Wearing oh. the poorly morph collar, remember? Well, he's not a Kraken right now. <laughs> I don't trust him with my life right now. <laughs> okay, can't argue with that. That's actually a fair point. <laughs> I can wants to be the one to open the door. Is it locked? You need to go to the front desk first. Oh, let's go to the front desk. They go to the front desk. Hi, how can I help you? We need to talk to the Magi. Okay, great. Are they to be trusted? Of course they are. They are the best. Insight check. Yeah, insight check. 14. She very much believes that they are to be trusted. Mm. She is not <laughs> lying whatsoever. <laughs> mm. She hands you guys a little room key and she says, okay, just go back there and to the right. Okay. Ekinem grabs the key first. <laughs> Momo lets it happen <laughs> He stares at it somberly <laughs> Ekinem <laughs> Are you gonna say what? What? Okay, there. <laughs> Ekinem doesn't say anything They just stare at you <laughs> I'm pretty skeptical myself But you're really skeptical Of everybody we run into Somebody's gonna get mad one of these times Good Just saying as a friend Good. Now I need to create a character that's going to be really offended by <laughs> <laughs> questioning their loyalties. So you guys find the room, you walk in. I unlock the door and fling the door open. You enter a very tastefully decorated room. There's a couple couches, there's some art on the walls. The room is longer than it is wide. So there's a door on the end that you entered from. On the other end is a curtain that's just covering that end of the room. And then in front of the curtain, there's like a little podium with a button on it. Ikinim, would you like to press the big red button? No, it's not a lock. It's not a challenge when it's a button. <laughs> it's an insult to your intelligence. <laughs> Momo shrugs its shoulders and presses the big red button. Okay, out from the curtain walks a warforged with a black glittery cloak on. He says, hi, how are you guys? We are the Magi, and we have been expecting you. So please, have a seat. We have a lot to talk about. Wait, you've been expecting us? We were sending the visions to a Jimbo, is it now? Yeah. So that he would come, because we need to talk to you. That's a pretty good method of communication. I like it. Thank you. We've been practicing for a long time. You could have just sent an animal messenger. But I like the telecommunication with a kraken to guide us to this underwater city. We mostly wanted Jimbo to come, but all of these people that you brought with you are an added bonus, and we're really grateful you're here. I'm nobody's bonus. Scar, having never seen a Warforge before, is touching him. <laughs> when you go to touch him, your hand goes through him. He's not actually there. Whoa. Whoa. Can I do that? How do you do that? Yes, you can do that, actually. It will take years of practice, though. Okay. 
I'm in. Let's start now. Okay. okay. And this is when Scar starts multi-classing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very early on. So why were you expecting this little Kraken? We have been chosen as the champions of Metoon. Metoon knows that we have no desire to bring him back. And he also knows that we would not take the mantle of godhood upon ourselves. Essentially, Metoon has tasked us with finding his crown. We are seeking your help because... We know you have a lot to offer. Why is everyone talking about crowns? Great question. Let me answer that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do it in show tune? I had the same question da, da, da. A brief cosmology. In the Astral Sea, the five gods are patrons of the ideologies. In Waterdeep, the people play a game called Magic the Gathering. In this game, there's five colors that correspond to certain ideologies. These five colors were taken from the gods. Each god corresponds to a certain set of ideologies. White, blue, black, red, and green. Those are the gods. In the elemental chaos below, the four primordials rule over the four elements. So, heaven, ideologies, chaos, elements. That is a brief cosmology. Thank you. You didn't mention crowns anywhere. Yes. Each of the five gods did not start as gods. They were actually a party of adventurers, much like yourselves appear to be. I take offense to that. No, no. We are just sailing on a ship, and we happen to come here for our friend Jimbo. We are not adventurers. I'll have you know that. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Momo. It's not that bad being an adventurer, you know? Momo flips you off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting hill to die on, Momo. How bad is it to be an adventurer? I have no context. Adventures are dirty murders. I see you have a deeply troubled past, but I'm sorry for bringing up your trauma. My apologies, Momo Walker. I never told him my last name. It was the survey you filled it after you gave him the tour guide five stars. <laughs> it's right. a math surveillance state. <laughs> Why I don't fill out the surveys. Yep. You're on to something. Um, Crowns. Crowns, yes, thank you. I'm invested. <laughs> The gods were not always gods. They started out as mortals, like yourself, to use the PC term. (laughs) (laughs) The five crowns were crafted by the one above all, Ao, for the gods to oversee this world. The five crowns were given to mortals, which gave them the power of deities, and thus they ascended to godhood. When a god dies, they don't die the same way you and I die. Their essence is dispersed, and the crowns that hold their power are broken and scattered. When gods die like this, anyone can go and collect these pieces of crowns, and with the pieces, you can either perform a ritual to bring back that same god, or take that power upon yourself and ascend to godhood. Scar, did you hear what he said? I did. You know what that means. Scar becomes Helia? (laughs) You can become Helia. Where does this essence disperse usually? It's really diluted. (laughs) Guys, I know what to do. I will find all of the essence of Helia, and I will put her back together piece by piece. (laughs) And then she will make me her only champion for all of eternity. You can also just put her crown back together, and that resurrects her as well. Oh, (laughs) that sounds much easier. I will do that. Always happy to help. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Here's the real reason we called you here, Jimbo. This is a safe space. You can take off the polymorph collar if you like. All right. I'm not sure we're going to be able to get it back on, but here we go. <laughs> I take it off. I had to roll really good for that last time. <laughs> so you take the collar off. Jimbo goes from being a dog. It turns back into a kraken. Do we have?
have a water bucket with us? He's fine out of the water. Krakens are amphibious, so they're fine breathing air or water. But movement-wise? Oh, yeah. He can just, like, walk. He can... Okay. Yeah. Jimbo, on over to the Magi. <laughs> we like to keep a close watch over the material plane. And with all the things that have been going on lately, we have been having some trouble divining certain things. Jimbo, as the last red kraken... We need you to help us find out what is happening in the elemental chaos. Last Kraken. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Was that was that news to you? There's not like a mating prayer we could like have more red krakens from. Not not to get a purebred red kraken. If you're gonna go into the kraken breeding business, it's more for Jimbo's sake. <laughs> Jimbo looks up and says. I think I'm okay for now. I'm literally a child. We don't have to worry about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got a long time. You're just so mature. <laughs> I forget. Yeah, you're awfully mature about that. We're thinking about your future, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, but I've got this. <laughs> yeah, you do, Jimbo. Yeah, you do. He kind of left them because he hated them and they hated him. So Yeah, I never really liked the Krakens, so this is fine with me. I was kind of trying to undermine them anyway, so... That's one less group of Krakens. I'm glad they're all dead. <laughs> I'm so happy they're dead. As he hides his pain. <laughs> You're the last red Kraken. Are there other colored Krakens? Oh, yeah. I was going to ask the same question, Mr. Pickles. <laughs> Are there blue Krakens? Are there uh, white yes. Krakens? What about magenta? Black Krakens? No, so the Krakens... No, no black Krakens. There's cyan, magenta, <laughs> yellow, and key for black. No, there are not white, black, or magenta Krakens. The Krakens come from the elements of chaos, and they correspond to the four elements. Oh. The red Krakens have innate fire abilities, while blue Krakens and brown Krakens have other abilities. We're going to go Avatar. Green is earth, yeah. blue is water, and... Uh, wait, so they're not all water-based animals? They are. Yeah, they're all amphibious water-based animals. Until the Water Nation attacked the Water Nation. <laughs> <laughs> He's the last red kraken. The last red kraken. <laughs> He's the last fire kraken. <laughs> He's going to learn all of the kraken abilities. Jimbo, this will determine whether or not the fans hate you. Is it Eng or Ong? <laughs> <laughs> But Momo and I believe he can save the world. <laughs> you guys know this, but you don't know Atlantis. I see how it is. <laughs> anyway, Jimbo, we need you to come with us and help us divine the state of the elemental chaos right now. And what happened to it? Because we are at a loss, which is not something we are usually at. We go where Jimbo goes. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Is this going to hurt Jimbo? No, not at all. Insight check. Okay. Seven. You have no idea. I'm good at insight. I'm just rolling terribly. His voice is robotic and you just cannot read it. You cannot get a read on him. Can't trust anyone I can't get a read on. That's perfectly valid. I respect your feelings. Ekanem <laughs> doesn't say that out loud. Oh, he reads your thoughts. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he could though, probably. <laughs> anyway, that's beside the point. Jimbo Squiggles. We're going to protect you, buddy. Nothing is ever going to hurt you. My friend Todd, back when I grew up on the farm, he was my only friend until he fell down the well. Oh, tell me more about... No, no. It's too, too much. You have demons too? I do. He was a sheep, so I have demon sheep. We all have demons, some of us more than others. Was he the white sheep of the family or the black sheep of the family? He was the small sheep of the family. Oh, no. The smallest sheep ever. Oh, no, Todd. <laughs> so I promise, Squiggles, you're not going to fall down a well like my last friend did. 
All right, buddy. Jimbo, at that point, starts to tear up a little bit. Thank you, Mr. Pickles. That means a lot. Oh. Does he have eyeballs? <laughs> or <if it's>... uh, yes. <laughs> Squids and octopus have eyes. Oh, do they? Yep. Here. Yeah, he has eyeballs. Wait, do krakens have like that beak thing? Don't octopuses have like a weird beak? Uh, I'm going to need you to not ask any questions about what he looks like because I am so confused about what D&D krakens are. He has a beak and it's kind of terrifying, but kind of cute at the same time. Somehow. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Jimbo smiles with a mouth that you still don't know where it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The magi turns to all of you and says, come with me. And his little like astral projection just walks through the curtain. I try to walk through the curtain. <laughs> uh, you get all tangled up. Roll a dex check. <laughs> I'm just, doing it. Okay. <laughs> That's a 12. You like paw your way through a lot of the curtain, but eventually you find the seam down the middle and you open it up. <laughs> but it takes a little bit too long to like find where it splits. Is there a key hole behind the curtain? Behind the curtain is just more room, just like a little bit more room. And there's a door right in front of you. Is the door locked? Yes. Do we have a key for the lock? No. But as you approach the door, the door opens and the Magi walks out and says, <laughs> okay, sorry, the door's locked. I had to run over. He's like a little out of breath the way machines get out of breath, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Mm. Momo, are you okay? I know getting stuck in between two curtains is like really scary. So are you all right? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I think we are learning that Mr. Pickles is claustrophobic. Gets stuck in the crow's nest. Gets scared in curtains. You know, it's starting to come together. Should we roll to see if the curtain gives us static on our <laughs> Roll a d20. Even, you're fine. Odd, they're static. Okay, fine. Momo has all the static. Okay, Momo, you become twice as large. <laughs> Just all of your hair stands straight up. You're super puffy. Momo puts his hand on Scar's shoulder and it shocks him. Ow, Momo. He's like, okay, come on through. As you walk into this next room, it's just a massive server room. There's just a bunch of like mechanical things happening. There's electrical stuff and wires and just everything. It's a mess and people are not usually supposed to be back here, but he leads you back into the maze of servers. And in the center is a couple chairs and some desks and a little coffee machine. You see that in the chairs are two other Warforged wizards that look just like this guy, but like a little bit different build and slightly different heights. But they're all pretty much the same model of Warforged. As you guys walk up, the other two magi stand up and they're like, Oh, good. You guys are here. Glad you found us. And the three magi circle up and beckon Jimbo to approach. He does so. They form a ring, but with four people. As a ring as you can get with four people. A square. A circle. Yeah, a square. They like take their arms and bend them and they make a perfect circle. And Jimbo puts out his tentacles and completes the circle. And just picturing them like Bender from Futurama. Yes, <laughs> they have like accordion, a lot of joint arms. And so they make a, a beautiful, perfect circle. Uh, the one that you guys have been speaking with looks up at you guys and says, Would you like to be a part of this vision as well? Or would you like us to just tell you Heck yeah. what we see? Let's see it. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You guys... Ekanem stands back and is like, no. Okay. Momo hesitates and then gives in to peer pressure. Okay, so we'll just turn on like screen share for the three of you, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to get scarred. Good one, Mr. Pickles. The major looks up and he says, actually, you might. We haven't seen this, so we don't actually know what we're about to go into. The vision opens and everything is a little bit more sepia. You guys are now standing in the elemental chaos, which is where... The four elements are in constant turmoil. There's earthquakes, tsunamis, hurricanes, wildfires, just everything is madness around you. What catches your eye, though, is in the distance, you see the four primordials duking it out. 
These primordials are 300 feet tall each. They are these massive gargantuan mountains, basically. It's a kaiju battle. Uh, yes, it is a really cool kaiju battle. This is pretty normal for the Elemental Chaos. The three lords and the lady of the elements are pretty much constantly fighting each other. But what's different about this is three of them have teamed up against the other one. Estitia, Grumbar, and Acadia have teamed up against the Fire Lord, Kosuth. And they are wrecking him. He is getting beaten down. They are doing like a coordinated Avengers attack and they take him to the ground. They don't let up. They continue to just pummel him. Slowly you see the fire that is emanating from him starts to die down and he becomes an ember and then his fire goes out and black smoke fills the vision. Poor guy. The fire lord straight up dies. You see the three remaining primordials have circled up and in the middle of them is a green kraken. The primordials look at each other somberly and look down at the kraken. The kraken extends his tentacles out to them and the three of them grab a hold of his tentacles and the vision cuts. You guys are now back in the server room of the magi. What did it look like to Ekinem? Is there anything you want to do while these three are zoned out? I want to know what these servers do. Do I have access to wires? Like, Are you going to like unplug anything? <laughs> Ekinem's thinking about it. It depends on how long the vision lasts. Not very long. Okay. Just like a couple minutes. But yeah, roll Arcana to see. 11. This is totally beyond you. There are so many blinky lights and shiny things. You can't make heads or tails of this absolute mess that is this giant room. Do any of these magi have keys on them that would open <laughs> the servers? Um, you pat them down. <laughs> would you like to pat them down? It really is a klepto. Roll slide of hand to pat them down. 16. They're all wearing a glittery cloak, which does have pockets. And inside, you see a ring. With your sleight of hand check, you can take out the ring without disturbing like his cloak or anything. It's mine now. Add to your inventory a ring of mind shielding. My soul enters the ring? If Whoa. I die while wearing this ring, do Wait, I know what? this information? That's the wrong one. Hold on. Right? Ring I didn't read the whole description. <laughs> retcon, retcon. Uh, Emergency like, retcon. Ekonim, you get a mood ring. <laughs> it looks cool. This isn't even a rare item. This is just like an uncommon item. If you want to just like quickly oh, yeah. read out. While wearing this ring, you are immune to magic that allows other creatures to read your thoughts, determine whether you are lying, know your alignment, or know your creature type. Creatures can telepathically communicate with you only if you allow it. You can use an action to cause the ring to become invisible until you use another action to make it visible, until you remove the ring, or until you die. If you die while wearing the ring, your soul enters it unless it already houses a soul. You can remain in the ring or depart for the afterlife. As long as your soul is in the ring, you can telepathically communicate with any creature wearing it. A wearer can't prevent this telepathic communication. Is there anyone in the ring? Yeah, there's only one way to find out. Uh, you don't know. I'm going to wear the oh. ring. Okay. And I'm going to cause it to become invisible. Okay. Anyone in here? <laughs> uh, you don't hear anything. Okay. In D&D, you can only have like a certain number of items attuned. I'm going to keep that. You can only have three items attuned. However, I'm going to ignore attunement in general. So if you want to pass items between each other, you may. So if you want to give the ring to somebody in the middle of battle, I'll allow that. The vision cuts out and the magi stagger back a little bit and they're like, oh, wow. Usually visions don't end like that. That only happens when another magical being has locked us out from seeing the rest of the events. What did you guys see? Was it good news? Is the world going to unflood? Uh, no. Unrelated to the flood? The magi look at you and they say, this event actually took place 10 years ago. 
This happened almost immediately before the material plane flooded. We sent a vision to Jimbo of the current state of the elemental chaos. And that is the vision you guys saw in the first episode of the like glassy, watery world. That is the elemental chaos right now. The elemental chaos is also flooded. The elemental chaos is devoid of any chaos. It is just a homogenous plane now. Let's call it the homogenous plane. That, no. That has a nice ring to it. Too <laughs> confusing. We can call it HP because nothing else uses that acronym. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We have been unable to see what killed the gods. We've been also trying to divine that, but magic has prevented that. Squiggles was the piece we needed to divine this scene. We appreciate your help. So we would like to help you out. We genuinely would like you to succeed. And as such, we will help you in your quest. Wait, what do you think my quest is? He's the champion of Helia. He points at Scar. That's true, that's true. I flex. (laughs) (laughs) Momo would like to whisper to Frank. Okay. Uh, Frank. Yeah. I didn't quite understand anything I just saw. Do you have the Spark Notes version of what I just saw? The Spark Notes version of the vision we just saw? Yeah, because I didn't understand it. Okay, so the Elemental Chaos is a place of chaos. It's ruled by the four primordials. Usually, they're all battling each other evenly. It looks like three of them have teamed up and killed the fire primordial. It looks like that made them sad and stop for a second. So now there is no longer chaos in the Elemental Chaos. Frank, yeah. where were you when I was in high school? Because I could have really used that. Oh, I wanted that. you to learn and grow on your own. You have to put in the work. Just think about where you would be if you hadn't put in the work in high school. Now you're sounding like my brother Yui. Very supportive demon. <laughs> Cut in, Momo's just been talking to himself. Are you okay, Momo? Oh, yeah, just having a sidebar with Frank. Still don't know who that is. I told you, Frank's my friend that is invisible. I doubt it. You're pretty level-headed. I don't think you'd be crazy like that. I'm, I'm not crazy. Frank is real. You just can't see or hear her. It's completely fine to have an imaginary friend. Yeah, she's a great friend. Imaginary. Uh, no. no. <laughs> oh no, Mr. Pickles! <laughs> so the mage, I look at you guys. Your problems are so bad. <laughs> and they say... Beneath Waterdeep are a network of caverns called the Undermountain. These have been there for a long time and have changed hands a lot. We are working very diligently to unravel the magic that has been put up down there. We've only made it so far. With our divination magic, deep in the Undermountain, we've located two crown pieces. They pull out a cricket ball-sized glass orb with some swirling fog inside. I grab it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) They hand it to you, Mr. Pickles. So this is a sphere of teleportation. When you need it, throw this at the ground and it will bring you back up to the surface of Waterdeep. We can't teleport you all the way to the crown pieces, but we can take you a couple levels down and then you'll have to, to make it through on your own. But when you need to come back, throw that on the ground and it will bring you back to the castle. Um, Mr. Robot. Just- yes. Real quick, before you teleport us down to find the crowns, um, I have this thing that I have always wondered about. It, it's called the trolley problem. Yes, we are familiar. <laughs> Cut to 30 minutes of talking about the trolley problem. <laughs> For the next two and a half hours, the Magi sit you down, pull out a whiteboard, and explain in depth every single interpretation of the trolley problem. They explain like the Kantian outlook. They explain like a utilitarian perspective, all of the moral ways that you could look at the trolley problem. And they help you decide which one you think is best for you. 
<laughs> and it is extremely satisfying. Yeah, it's a very satisfying answer to the trolley problem. Huh. Uh, you'll you'll have to do that research on your own and decide which moral philosophy Momo now officially has. Scar is passed out, <laughs> <laughs> snoring. Was anybody else paying full attention to their explanation of moral ethics of this moral conundrum? I took a short rest. Gekina <laughs> was like kind of bored at first, but started getting more and more into it the further along the explanation got. It's like, okay. well, what about this case? If you so choose, then you can also have a firm moral philosophy now. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, deep in your bones, now feel morally obligated to stick to these codes. <laughs> that being said, there are a lot of moral philosophies that have a lot of like wiggle room. So take your pick. Well, now that I feel more on solid standing with my morals, let's go find some crams. Couldn't agree more, Momo. Glad we could help. <laughs> The Magi look at you guys and they say, As Waterdeep policy, we can't let you bring weapons in here. So we're going to provide you with some weapons. If you return to the surface, these weapons will disappear, but they will be perfectly normal weapons when you are in the Undermountain. Oh, shoot. So I won't have my hex weapon because it's a ritual I do at the beginning of the day. I'll allow it. You can make it your hex weapon. They give you a cheat code. So each of you add one weapon of your choice, and it's a plus one weapon. So each of you can get a plus one weapon. Plus one quarter staff. An antimatter rifle. A no. <laughs> no, you may not. A plus one and a, a plus one antimatter rifle. It only though. does 68 damage. <laughs> I got a cool ring. The Magi that you stole that from, he looks at you and winks. I'm um, ignoring him. I am not making eye contact with him. He like keeps trying to make eye contact and wink at you. Perfect. He looks really goofy as he's trying to, like, move his head around to make eye contact. <laughs> Momo digs into his bag and pulls out eye drops for dry eye and hands them to him. Actually, I take oil. Do you have WD-40? <laughs> I know you have the ring. I let you have it. You're welcome. I let you have it. <laughs> I am composed. <laughs> what, what ring? Like, the ring of friendship that we're all encircled by right now, right? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> He glares at Ekinem <laughs> as much as a robot can glare. Ekinem's looking at the flashing lights and is like, oh, no. infuriating. <laughs> no. Scar, I hope you know that we're bonded through battle. This is why I'm doing this. No other reason. Okay. It's not because I enjoy messing with politicians. Duly noted. On a completely separate thought, Scar, I think you should really run for mayor when you get think, home. You think? No. <laughs> no there's something no. about you. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> when you say an idea, I just want to support you. What do you think about that, Ekinem? <laughs> you stop that right now. Thanks, Mr. Pickles. I think I will try that out. Unarmed oh, no, strike. I, I want to win Mr. Pickles. Oh, shoot. <laughs> like, Do I have to roll something? <laughs> roll to hit. 11 plus 415 hit your AC? It does not hit. You dodge. I say, shh, knock it off. Icking him. We're not adventurers and we're not politicians. Got it? He already has a shirt that says vote for Scar. <laughs> he wrote it with a Sharpie on his white shirt. So, wizards, anything else we need? Nope, you're good to go. We're waiting. <laughs> Everyone, roll initiative. Whoa, dun, dun, dun. already? Wait, you guys selected your weapons. You were on the, the weapon select screen, <laughs> and right now the start screen is pulled up. 21. Non-natural 20. Quattro. Eight. The wizards approach you and they start chanting the same teleportation chant that has happened a lot in the last day for you guys. Your ears pop and suddenly you find yourself standing on a small gondola thing. I love gondolas. You are floating down a river 
into a cavern. What's around us? Cavern walls, stalagmites coming up out of the water. If you turn around and look behind you, you see that they're starting to like expand water deep. That behind you, there's farms and some little houses. This is like the outskirts of developed water deep. How are there farms at the bottom of the ocean? We're in a bubble. Yes, but sunlight? Magic? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I should never ask plot hole questions because it's favorite. The answer is just magic. Yeah. There are like orbs with like the daylight spell. If you asked, there were also plants being grown up under the water on the surface. Those ones were in little bubbles because I looked it up and you can grow plants underwater. Hydrophonics. Phonics, not phonics. Hydrophonics. The plants are hooked on phonics. What's in one? Ooh, ah, eh. Classroom of plants at desks. <laughs> Behind you is like the outskirts of developed water deep. In front of you is the cavern. There's fungus growing on the walls. You're not adventurers, you are spelunkers. You guys flow down this river for a while. After 20 minutes of floating, you see that the cavern splits into two different paths. Down the left path, there are some cobwebs and such. Down the right path, you just see the fungus gets thicker. You now have a big gondola stick to like steer yourselves. Do you guys want to go down the left path or the right path? We should go down the road less traveled. It's a river. The stream less traveled. How can we tell? That one... Clearly, here's a sign that says, this way to the water park. <laughs> you said there's more fungus growing. Is there one side that's more or less fungi -y? Yeah, so the right side is more fungi -y. The left side, there are starting to be like cobwebs and stuff. Ugh. Okay, I like fungi more than cobwebs, so I choose right. What do you guys think? I would rather have mushrooms than giant spiders. Echinem? Sounds good. All right, that's three diverses unanswered. <laughs> I'm going to grab the gondola steer. Is it a stick or an oar on a gondola? I don't really I know. I have a quarter staff. I've only seen ever the part that's out of the water. Yeah. I have a quarter staff. Okay, you, you use Ekinem's plus one quarter staff to, uh, and you're the one, the navigator person. Yeah. Jimbo. Uh, yeah. You want to scout out ahead of us, jump in that river and, and go check out what's ahead? No. <laughs> Pretty please. No. <laughs> Why? I'm just, I'm just... I'm Jimbo, you are a kraken. Yeah. You don't take shiz for nobody. All right? Okay. Yeah. You get out there. Uh-huh. You show whatever danger's ahead that we mean business. Okay. I think it's not wise to send really the only one in this group that apparently matters, according to the wizards, out to potentially die. He's also a baby. He yells, split the party. <laughs> and dives into the water. Yes. <laughs> Never mind. Come back. <laughs> it's too late. He's underwater. He grabs his tentacles onto the boat and starts swimming you guys faster than you would normally go. So you can speed up a little bit. All right. He is not going to leave you behind, though. He's not going to go scout out ahead. Oh. Sorry. As Squiggles speed runs you through this little river, uh, you pass by a lot of bigger and bigger fungi until the river kind of empties out into a little lake at the end of the river. The land is overgrown with fungus. So you guys are now floating here in this little like eddy pool area. And then there's fungus between you and the door. Ekinem says YOLO and jumps out of the boat and heads <laughs> towards the shrooms and the door. Are you jumping out into the water or are you jumping out like onto the land? Onto the land. Okay. Uh, roll. The door is on the land, right? Yeah, the door is on the land. There's 20 feet of land between you and the door. Okay. What am I rolling? 
an unarmed strike. Three points of damage. You pull the bow up to the edge of the land. Ekonem jumps out onto the land, lands on a fungus because there is nowhere else to land. This little like big mushroom cap thing explodes into a burst of spores. Everyone roll a constitution saving throw. DC 15. Pass. Pass. Fail. Pass. Scar, Mr. Pickles, and Ekonem. Nothing happens. These like spores shoot up into the air and you cough a little bit, but you're fine. Momo, you take 10 points of damage. Ow. <gasps> Momo had his mouth open about to say something and they went flying straight into his mouth. Yeah, they went like straight down his throat. <laughs> that was not a portobello. Um, <laughs> there is 15 feet between Ekonem and this door cut into the stone at the back. Could I acrobatics my way to the doorway with the stone at the back without setting off the spores? Tread lightly. Yeah. Yes, you may. It's because you jumped that you destroyed this boar. A 16. Yeah, that's enough. So Ekonem dexterously does a bunch of like handsprings and stuff their way into the like doorway and lands without touching any of the fungus. I can do that too. The three of you are still on the boat. Momo vomits from all the spores that just made him lose so many hit points. All right, well, I'm not taking any more chances here. And he pours some water out and casts armor of Agathys around him and forms a nice shield. Nice. Okay. Jimbo's going to hold his action to see what you guys do. Mr. Pickles, what are you going to do? So since we don't want to take any more chances with these spores... Is there any other way you guys think we could get around them other than doing a cool Ekonem flip jump? Because I don't know how acrobatic I am. Ekonem leans in and says, get good. (laughs) (laughs) Get good, noob. All right, I'm going to (laughs) jump. Wait, no, well, someone can hold the boat. You can jump onto the one that has already been deflated and not risk breaking another. Let's do that. Okay. Do I just have to roll for... Well, you can step out onto the spore that's already been destroyed. It's 15 feet. You can long jump. I'm just going to try to get to the door. Can I assist in any way? I don't know. I can say like, hey, that one, the other Yeah, you can point out all the little spots you used. I used that spot because it's a little bit more solid, so it's less likely to jostle the mushroom. Let's take out the ore, and we're going to use it as a catapult thing to, like a... Like a pole vault? Yeah, pole vault across. Bless your brilliant mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Worth a shot. It's a solid stick. Yeah. Like, not bendy, like a... True. <laughs> Did anybody do pole vaulting in high school? You guys went to high school? <laughs> I, I did, but I, I did too. dropped out my senior year. I was forced out. I know it's hard to tell, but I didn't take any school. But I did go to Bard College, so, you know, up and up for me. So you guys would like to pole vault over these mushrooms? Yeah. Okay, Ekonem <laughs> is going to help you out and pinpoint the exact spot where you want to put the pole vaulting stick nice. so as to not set off mm-hmm. shrooms. Yeah, set off any shrooms. If this works, I'm putting that stick in the bag of holding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who wants to go first? I want to go first. What do I roll? So roll acrobatics or athletics, I will allow. 18. Okay. Yeah. So you're able to successfully pole vault over and into the doorway. I'm going to push the pole vault back. Next is Scar. Athletics or athletics or acrobatics. Either. Yeah. But that lion can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 13. Okay. I don't think he'd be able to if he tried. Scar, you like plant the stick in the right spot. And as you go, you land on the ledge 
And then you take a step backwards oh. onto one of the like no. sport no. things. Roll an unarmed strike. An unarmed strike. An unarmed strike. He rolls, not you. Yes, because he's rolling an attack against this creature. The mushroom. Shoot. <laughs> 17. <laughs> okay, I'd have you roll for damage, but it only has one hit point. So <laughs> you land, you kind of stumble back a little bit. Your foot steps on this gas spore plant thing, and it pops, sending spores into the air. The three of you all say Momo is too far away at this point. Give me constitution saves. 14. I think I fail. 11. 17. Okay, Scar passes the two of you fail. And even though I'm the one. <laughs> nice, Scar. <laughs> the two of you take 10 damage. Oh, gosh. Uh, Scar, you're fine. Good for you. <laughs> Aftertaste is bad. Believe me, this cush is nothing. I'll allow Momo to roll with advantage since all three of you are over there. You can help him out. Jimbo is going to like climb on your shoulders and go with you. All right, Aww. Jimbo. He's encouraging you too. Yeah, he's whispering in your ear, you got this. You're going to do so good. He gives you bardic inspiration. <laughs> Seven. So let's hope the second one's much better. Thirteen minus one. Oh, no. Dang it. Can okay. I throw Jimbo as I realize I'm falling no, so he makes it Jim safely to shore? Oh, I thought you said so he hits it first. <laughs> Go, Jimbo. I'll allow that. So Jimbo makes it safely into the arms of his waiting compatriots. As you go, you plant the pole vault. As you're nearing the door, the stick snaps. Oh, dang it. I'm so sorry. I just realized that. No. Yeah. No pole vaulting stick for us. The stick snaps and you land on the ground. Luckily, this spore was just exploded by Scar. Take 1d6 of damage, though. Oh, no. From falling. Take 1d6 of fall damage. The five of you are now standing in this doorway. You see that there are steps leading down. Well, I didn't envision myself dying miles underwater, but... Yeah. Here we go. You think if we all blow really hard that we could blow the fog away? It's worth a shot. <laughs> oh, you're a genius. <laughs> the fog clears. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> How'd you do that? We didn't even have to roll or anything. <laughs> we beat the puzzle right there. <laughs> it clears and there's two crowns right there. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like a super complicated dungeon, but like... That shares a wall with the end room. <laughs> you blow so hard, the walls come down and you see the end goal right there. Cue the theme song, guys. <laughs> so you guys descend the steps. The fog thickens as you go down. You would travel downwards about 60 feet. Boom, 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 boom. You reach the bottom and the fog is about four feet tall. So you can all like see over it. You're fine. In front of you, you see that instead of like roughly hewn out cavern, this is polished gray granite at the bottom of these steps to your left and to your right is just a hallway that extends and branches off so like a t intersection yeah so you arrive at the bottom of the stairs and there is a t intersection well what oh, do we get out ahead jimbo <laughs> <laughs> he runs he no jimbo don't you, listen to scar you don't even notice he's gone because the fog is covering him it's not canon he didn't make the noise <laughs> No! <laughs> no, it's fine, Jimbo. Jimbo immediately runs after Jimbo. You accidentally step on him as he's running back to meet you. Ah, Jimbo! I'm so sorry, my sweet little baby Jimbo. Roll a roll a deck save, Momo, actually. Oh, I'm good at that. Heck yes, baby. Never say that before. <laughs> What'd you roll? I rolled a net What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> My plus three won't save me now. 
You squish Jimbo. No, no, I don't. Nautically, he has fire powers. Oh, no. So, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, no, I can't do that to you. Okay. So low on hit points. Momo's about to die, so I can't do that. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, you run after... Which direction do you run? You didn't see which way he went. I'm gonna run right. Okay, he also went right. So good <laughs> no! job. Uh, so as he was running back, he reached the end of the hall and he was running his way back. And uh, you fully Jimbo, step on I'm him. I'm coming for you! <laughs> no! Jimbo! I start giving him CPR. How do you do that? You don't know where his mouth is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving him mouth to mouth. I'm just doing chest compressions. He's like inflating and deflating like, and inflate like one of those like out every time. <laughs> his eyes just like pop out. Come back to me, Jimbo. I'm so sorry. Nice. And then you start doing chest compressions on Jimbo. Somehow. Does he even have a chest? No, he doesn't. <laughs> He's just doing compressions. <laughs> he is compressing Jimbo. In the distance, you hear a roar. Hmm. I pick up Jimbo and I get back. And that's where we'll end. Bum, bum, bum. Wait, <laughs> I need to know if Jimbo is conscious and okay. Oh, yeah. You'll find out. No! no! Jimbo. <laughs> is Jimbo alive? Will our gang of adventurers, Spelunkers, <laughs> defeat the monster? Does Jimbo have a mouth? Will Momo <laughs> ever forgive himself? That's going to be the end reveal of the whole series. <laughs> His mouth? was there the whole time. The crowns were inside us all along. <laughs> Tune in on June 9th for episode 4. Our fantastic DM is Ethan Despain. Editing was done by me, Bo Wright, and Caden Haywood. Sound design was done by Gors Truly. Our theme song was created by Ethan Despain with assistance from me. Our awesome show art was created by Seth Prestwich. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Okay, so let's just do the intro. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Caverns and Krakens. Hi. Hello. Hi. How's it How going? Are you doing? Namaste. I hope your day's been good. You guys woke up after you having died. backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Waterdeep, and then you... And then you got some stuff from the halflings, and then you went through the strait, and then you got more stuff from the halflings, and then a devil appeared. It was all a blur.